Well, good morning and happy Easter. And it, he is risen. Isn't that exciting? To know that our Savior is risen. Man, we're excited that you're here this morning. See so many of you this morning. Some of you haven't seen in a while. A lot of you are our guests. Thank you so much for choosing to worship with Heartland this morning. Those of you that are online, we're happy that you're with us this morning. And, and good morning and happy Easter to you as well. Well, this morning we're going to obviously be talking about Easter. And uh, we started actually last week. Um, I did a two-part little sermon series called Reminders because there are things that we need to be reminded about. There are things that we need to remember and uh, about, e about different things in life, but Easter is a big thing that we need to be reminded about from time to time. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about some things that we need to be reminded about that Easter brings our way, some things that Easter uh, offers us that, that are just amazing kind of things. But you know, as I talk about Easter this morning, I want to talk about the Easter story, obviously, about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, because that's what Easter story is all about. That's the part of the story that we focus on. But I want you to know something this morning. I want you to know that the Easter story started a long time before the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, it started way back in the Garden of Eden. Because you see, God created mankind in his image. He created them male and female, the Bible says. He created Adam and Eve. He put them in the Garden of Eden, and he created them. And I don't know if you know this or realize this, but you know that they were created, humans were created to live forever, to uh, commune with God. Uh, Adam and Eve could walk and talk with God in the garden. They could meet with him. They could just have conversations, and it was just supposed to live forever and, and be in fellowship with God. He gave them the whole Garden of Eden, everything in it. He says, this is yours. It's the most perfect place. There are no weeds growing here. You don't have to work. There's no sickness. There's no death. Everything is just perfect. He says, but there's only one thing that you can't do. And they had a choice. He gave them the ability to choose. He gave them the ability to think. There's only one thing that you can't do. There's a tree, so the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and, and there's fruit on that tree, and you, you can't eat of that tree. If you do, it's going to change things. It's, it's, you just don't want to go there. Don't, don't do that. Well, you know the story. Most of us know the story, and that is that Satan came and he deceived Eve and Adam, and they ate of that tree, the fruit of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And at that moment in time, everything changed. Everything, if you've ever wondered why we have bad weather, it's because of that sin that day. The day they ate the, we, we say they ate the apple, they ate the apple, okay? And, and when they did that, weeds started growing in gardens. All of a sudden, bad weather showed up. All of a sudden, men didn't live forever on this earth. We'll spend our eternity somewhere, but all of a sudden, death entered into the picture. All of a sudden, everything changed. The world changed we changed, our relationship with God changed. And from that moment forward, mankind, all men, men and women that are born, are separated from God. They're separated. They're not, they're not part of God's family. They're separated because of their sinfulness. But God loved us so much that he didn't want that to stay that way. So God created this plan. God said there has to be a sacrifice for that sin that was committed can't just be any sacrifice because man sinned against God. So the sacrifice is going to have to be a person. It's going to have to be a human. And, and not only that, but the sacrifice in order to be acceptable to God has to be perfect. It can't have any sin. It's got to be flawless, spotless. And there are no humans that are spotless or flawless. We all sin and fall short of God's glory. That's what the Bible says. He says, well, what are we going to do? God says, I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to step out of heaven myself and I'm going to go to earth take on the form of a man, Jesus Christ, 
the second member of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, my son. I'm gonna take on this form and I am gonna minister for three years. I'm gonna show people what it looks like to live the kind of life I want them to live. But then I'm gonna go to the cross and I'm gonna die and I'm gonna sacrifice myself for the sinfulness of mankind. And then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sacrifice myself and I'm gonna give them the opportunity to embrace what I've done, to embrace the sacrifice, to put their faith and their trust in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. And if they will do that, they can be reconnected with me, our relationship can be restored, and they can spend their eternity with me in heaven. And you see, that's where the Easter story began. But then we get to that place where Jesus died on the cross for our sins and was sacrificed. And he was taken down from the cross and he was placed in a borrowed tomb. And then he rose from the dead. And that's what we're celebrating today. And that's, that's sort of where we get, we get to that part of the story. And we go, well, there's the end of the Easter story. But the story doesn't stop there. Because of this whole idea of Jesus coming and dying on the cross and rising again, then there are things that, that we benefit from because of that. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the, the, the things that we get, some of the things that we get because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of the fact that he, that he rose again. And, and we're going to be looking in Bible in the New Testament, and if you have your Bibles with you and want to follow along, you like to take notes and those kind of things, we're going to be in Romans chapter 5 today, beginning with verse 1. And we're going to be putting this in the context of Easter. So what I want you to see today is that because of Easter, everything's going to start with that, because of Easter, because of Easter, here's the first thing I want you to see today, we can be made right with God. You can be made right with God, even though because of that sin in the Garden of Eden so many years ago, all of the descendants of Adam and Eve, which are all of us, were all born into sin. We're, we're all sinful creatures. We're all separated from God. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have the opportunity to be made right with God. Romans 5.1 says it this way. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we're just going to stop there. Since we have been justified by faith, I want you to pay attention to that word justified because that's a, an interesting word. It's an incredible word uh, in Christianity. The word literally means to, it means to be moved, if you will, from life to death. It means to be changed, instantly be changed. When we go to Jesus and we, we ask him to forgive us of our sins and we're sincere and genuine when we go to him and we call on him and say, I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want to put my faith and trust in you. We are instantly forgiven of our sins. That is called justified. Move from death to life, from darkness to light. Uh, the Bible describes it in a lot of different ways. But we're instantly justified and made right in God's eyes. And so when we, that's only when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. And then here's the interesting thing about that. Jesus takes the faith, God takes it, the, the faith that we put in Jesus, takes that faith and counts it as righteousness. In other words, he says, I'm going to take what Jesus did on the cross, and because of what he did, you're forgiven. So it doesn't, you, you never have, you, you would never measure up on your own. There, you can't do enough good deeds. You, you can't come to church enough. You can't put enough in the offering plate. You can't teach enough Sunday school classes. You can't preach enough sermons. There's not one thing that will, will make you right with God except putting your faith in trust, in, in trust in Jesus Christ. 
And so that's what he's, he's telling us. He goes, we're justified. One of the benefits of Easter, the, because Jesus came out of the grave, sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. You know, it, so, so when we're sinning, we're forgiven of our sins. When we commit sins, we ask for forgiveness, we're forgiven of our sins. And, and, and Jesus sits there and he intercedes on our behalf to God. And so we're forgiven of our sins. We're made right with God just because of Easter. Aren't you glad you got Easter? I mean, <laughs> I'm really happy that we, if, if that was it, wouldn't that, that'd be good, wouldn't it? I mean, if we, if we had that, but he counts our faith as righteousness. We're, and the way, what we say in Christianity very often, we'll ask a person, are you saved? Or somebody will say, I'm saved. And, and sometimes people that don't know Christ or they're not really churched people, they've not been in church a lot, they go, what in the world does it mean to be saved? Well, here's what that means. It means that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, that we're saved to an eternity with, with God in heaven and we're saved from an eternity separated from God in hell. And so we're saved. And so one of the benefits of Easter is that we can be made right with God. Another thing is that we can then have peace with God. Once we're made right with God, then we can have peace with, with God. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified, right, since we've been moved from death to life, darkness to light, since our sins have been forgiven, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, now we can have peace with God. Now, anytime you read a verse about peace, we have to be careful because one of the things, we, we're all kind of centered on ourselves a lot, and very often we, we, we take phrases like that and we want to say, oh, that means I can have a, a, a life that's absent of any kind of problems. That, that's not what this verse says. It says you can have peace with God. And that's a completely different thing. That means that you can have peace with God. That means that your lives are now acceptable to God because you put your faith and your trust in him. That you're freed from God's wrath and judgment. You get to spend your eternity with God in heaven. That you're reconciled with God. You were alienated and separated from God because of that sin way back in the Garden of Eden. And now you've been reconciled and made part of God's family. And now you're at peace with God. You and God, you're the relationship. Now it's where it's supposed to be. Now it's back to the way God originally intended it. So now you're at peace with God. And there's only one way that can happen. Listen to Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have to have faith, we have, been, have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me. And I, if, if, if you, you, you don't take anything else away today, you, you take this away. I want you to understand this. There is no way to have peace with God apart from a personal relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. Okay, listen, I'll say it one more time. There is no way to have peace with God apart from a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. I know we live in a culture, in a time where things, ever, everybody's trying to blur the lines and everybody's trying to say this and that. And we got all these people, famous people, people that you watch on TV and athletes and all these people and everybody telling you that all paths lead to God. Let me tell you something. All paths lead to hell except for one and that's Jesus Christ. Okay, and so we need to understand that. That's why we're celebrating today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the big day for us, for Christians, because this is the day. Because of what Jesus did on the cross and because him coming out of that grave, you and I have hope for eternal life. There is no other hope for eternal life except a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we can have peace 
with God. Another thing is we get to experience God's grace. You see, once we've put our faith and trust in Jesus and once we, we have this peace with God, we begin to experience the grace of God. And that's a word that we hear a lot sometimes, especially in, in Christian circles. And we sing the famous song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, right? We sing all of that. So we can have this, um, this grace. We have access uh, to it through our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, what is grace? Well, grace is simply unmerited favor. Because you have peace with God, and when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and you believe, that the, you believe what happened on Easter, you believe it matters, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, and, and he forgives you of your sins. When all that happens, then God lavishes his grace on you. Now, that, that unmerited favor means that, that God gives you things that you really don't deserve. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't give you grace because you earn that grace. He gives you the grace because of what Jesus did on the cross and by coming up out of that grave. We get grace, we get gifts from God like this. He forgives you of your sin. He doesn't have to do that. that that's a gift that God gives you, an incredible gift. We, then he sends his spirit. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, he sends his, he sends his spirit to live inside of you. So the, literally, the Holy Spirit of God indwells people who have a relationship with Christ. And, and along with that spirit comes knowledge and comes wisdom and comes power, comes the ability to open the Bible and look in and to read and for God to speak to you through his word. It changes everything. So we have the power that, matter of fact, in Ephesians, a, a letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, Paul says that when we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, that we have the same power available to us that, that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. So I don't know about you, but when I go through life and some of, some of the stuff that I have to deal with, and I know some of the stuff you've got to deal with, and, and, and you know, just whoever, just, you know, who or what it is that you're dealing with, we could use a little help sometimes. You, you, you ever need a little help? Because if you just said no, you're lying about other things too, okay? I'm just telling you, all right? Because we all need a little help sometimes. And, and, and we have that help available when we have a relationship with Jesus because his Holy Spirit lives in us and we, have, we can call on him, pray to him, and, and we have the power in us to deal with the things that come our way. What a gift. He didn't have to give us that. He did it just because he loves us. Grace. He poured out his grace on us. And not only that, we get eternity with God in heaven. What a wonderful gift. I'm so glad that I, one day we get to go to heaven. Uh, don't do you ever just like, can, can, I, mean, if you, I just think sometimes, you know, uh, how wonderful it'll be to go to heaven. I mean, think about that. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more ailments, no more financial problems, no more stress, no more strain, no more relationship mess-ups. I mean, wouldn't it be great? Just think about that. Just to live in heaven in this perfect, perfect place. Everybody wants to go to heaven, right? Well, yeah, I heard a story about a little boy who was in church one Sunday and the preacher was preaching and, and the preacher was preaching about, about this, about going to heaven. And he was just preaching and spitting and stomping and snorting and all that. You know, the people on the front row had to have raincoats. He was just laying it on them, you know. And, and he's, he's talking about going to heaven and he looks down and he sees a little boy sitting right on the front row and he points his finger at that little boy and he goes, everybody wants to go to heaven. Don't you want to go? And the little boy went, nope. <laughs> and the pastor just didn't know what to do. So he looked at the little boy and he goes, you son, you don't want to go to heaven? I mean, you don't want to go be with Jesus? He goes, of course I want to go to heaven and be with Jesus. Well, you just said no. He goes, I thought you were getting up a load to go right now. I didn't know. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. And, and, I, and I think sometimes we're like that, aren't we? I mean, but we all want to go to heaven, right? We, we, we all want to get there. Let me tell you, there's only one way to get there. Jesus said, I'm the truth, the life, right? The way and the life. There's, no one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. 
And so the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus, through Jesus Christ. And then I want to just pick out a little phrase when I was studying this and reading. I want to mention this for just a moment in verse 2. It says, through him we have also obtained access by faith. We just talked about that. Into this grace. We just talked about that. But then there's this little phrase that says, in which we stand. And, and you know, that, sometimes we blow over things like that when we're reading our Bible. It doesn't seem like it's all that significant. But when you really study that phrase, it's really a significant phrase. Because I like the statement because basically it tells me that I can stand with confidence in the grace that God has given me. One of the things I don't ever have to worry about is I don't have to doubt the goodness of God. I don't have to doubt what God will do me. I don't do for me. I don't have to doubt that God's got my back. I don't have to worry about my faith. When I put my faith and my trust in Jesus, it's there. And I know God's got my back. And I can stand confidently in the grace that God has given me. And so that gives me hope and encouragement. One of the greatest benefits of what God has done for us through Easter is that we get to experience the grace of God. We also get to have hope. One of the things that Easter does for us is it gives us hope. L look at verse two, it says, through him we have also obtained access by faith, okay, faith in Jesus, putting our faith in Christ, into this grace, this unmerited faith in which we stand with confidence, right? Okay, we have all that, and listen to this, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You see, when, when we speak about getting hope or talk about hope sometimes, we're, you know, we talk about hope differently than the Bible talks about hope. You know, sometimes we say, I hope it rains, right? Well, some of you right now are sitting here, don't raise your hand, don't point, okay, but here's what you're thinking right now. I hope that Uncle George acts right at lunch today, <laughs> at Easter lunch. Some of you are just saying that. Some of you are saying, Oh goodness, I know what my kids saw. I hope they don't repeat that in front of my whole family at lunch today, right? Some of you know that. Some of you are hoping that your kids will act better at lunch today than they did on the way to church today. So, you know, so we hope all those kind of things. We have hope. But you see in the Bible, hope is not wishing for something. It's not wishful thinking. It is the confident expectation, the knowledge and confidence that something's gonna happen, that it is going to happen. So because of the things that we've talked about, because of the fact that Jesus saves us, because of the grace that he bestows on us, because of all those things, we can be confident and we can know that we can count on him. We have hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, they're gonna put me to death and in three days I'm gonna rise again. He did exactly what he said he was gonna do. We can trust it and we can have hope in it. And, there, and, and, and I don't know of a time in history, at least in my life, that where, where we need hope. We need to know there's something that we can have hope in, something that will never change. It's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Something that we can get up in the morning and with a spring in our step and a smile on our face and know that, that everything's covered because we can put our hope in somebody who's got our back. The most powerful, most knowledgeable, most holy, most righteous entity that exists, and that is Jesus Christ. And we can put our hope in him. Aren't you glad that you can put your hope in Jesus? We can say that because we have absolute assurance that God is with us. So we can have, think, let's just read, let me read the list. We can be made right with God. That is just incredible. We can have peace with God because of Easter. We can experience God's grace because of Easter. We can have hope. And listen to this, because this, one's, this is where the rubber meets the road. We can face, we can endure life's difficulties. We can deal with the stuff that life throws at us every day. You have any stuff you ever have any stuff that life throws at you? Because if you're saying no right now, you'll lie about other stuff. 
I, I'm telling you, because all of us have stuff, right? We all have stuff that life throws at us. And we're always trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with that? Oh my goodness, what am I going to do with this situation? Oh no, they, they said that, they did that. What am I going to do now? Oh, my boss just did this. And we're all trying to deal with the stuff of life. Listen to Romans 5, 3 through 5. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, in the stuff, right? We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. That's that confident expectation we talked about a moment ago. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So this part of the passage, it builds on what we just talked about. Paul says that since we've been made right with God, since we've done that, since we have peace, since we have God's grace, since we have hope, because of those things, that when, when, when life throws stuff at us, when Satan throws stuff at us, we know something. We know that it may not be easy. And we may know that we have a fight on our hands, but we also know that we're ultimately the winners that we're gonna be the victors. We sang that earlier. We're gonna be, we're gonna have the victory, right? Because we have God on our side and we have Christ on our side so we can deal with the stuff of life. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us to give us the power that we need and to help us have the wisdom that we need. And when we call on him and we pray to give us the guidance that we need to get through things in life that we need to get through. He can help us. It says in verse three through five, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. I wanna talk about that word for just a moment because the word endurance is not a passive word. It's an active word. So when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and difficulties come our way, because we have all these things that we've been talking about, we don't have a pity party. We, we don't go, oh me, oh my, what am I gonna do? We don't lay down and give up. But we know that God is working in our lives and we know that he has our back. So we begin getting busy. We start talking to him. We start getting on our knees and praying and talking to him and having a conversation and listening to him. We start digging into the word of God to see what he's got to say. We, we start talking to our brothers and sisters in Christ and letting them speak into our lives and us speak into their lives so they can be there for us. We try to figure out what God's trying to teach us through the process. You ever, you ever been in a process before? <laughs> you, ever, you ever been in some place and you, you ever, I, I've done this eight million times in my life. I hope I'm not the only one. But you know, I've been in so many times and situations in my life and everything's just going haywire and you know, and you just kind of get in the middle of it and all of a sudden you realize and you just look up and go, what are you trying to teach me right now? You ever done that? Have you ever done this? Hey, you can stop this teaching me anytime you want to. <laughs> ever done that? I've done that a few times. Don't do that. Because he'll come and teach you just a little bit more. Okay, he might. I don't know. But we've witnessed God at work, and our, our hope grows. This word endurance is active. And so we, we try to figure out what God's doing and, and, and figure out and, 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 and figure out what he wants us to do and read the word and pray and get with other believers and try to figure it all out. And then when, when we see him work, guess what happens? Our hope grows. That confident expectation that we have grows. Romans 5, 5 says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Here's, here, here's what I want you to see. I, I, listen to this. If you have a relationship with God, he will not let you down. 
He will not let you down. Sometimes you don't understand what's going on, but he won't let you down. You know, think about it. He created us, and he's the one we're trying to get back to one day, and all the stuff in between, it's his plan that's unfolding. He's not going to let you down. He sent his son to die on a cross for you. He didn't do that lightly. He's not going to let you down. He's there for you. He's got your back. And I want you to see that. You will never regret trusting God and putting your faith in trusting God because he loves you so much that he wants your best. He wants the best for you. Listen to this. John 3.16 is probably one of the most well-known verses in all of the Bible. It says that for God loved the son that he gave his own, God so loved the world. Let me, let me slow down. I'm just getting ahead of myself. God so loved the world. I actually know John 3, 16. Just don't get excited. Okay. So, so <laughs> good night. Okay. And I learned it because Tim Tebow, he always had it on his face. I saw it there. I, I just, I don't know. But anyway, but, but listen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Listen, God gave his son, his one and only son. He loves you. He loves you more than you will ever, ever know he loves you. And so we, when we're reconciled to him, we get all these benefits. That's incredible when you think about it. And all of this is possible. Everything is possible because of Easter, because of what we're celebrating today, because of Resurrection Sunday, because of what we're celebrating, the fact that Jesus went to the cross, died, for our sins, was buried, placed in a tomb, but rose out of the grave and sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Because of Easter, I went through this quickly. We get forgiveness of our sins. We get God's own spirit living inside of us. We get access directly to God. We no longer have to go through a priest or offer a bunch of sacrifices. When Jesus was on that cross and he died, the Bible tells us that the veil of the temple was torn. And when that veil was torn, that gave you and me direct access to our heavenly father. And so we have access directly to God. We get eternity with God in heaven. We have peace with God. We can experience God's grace. We can have hope and we can endure life's difficulties. Easter's important. This is a really important day that we're, that we're celebrating today. And I hope that you'll take it to heart and you'll think about it and you'll thank God for what he's done through Jesus because without him, we wouldn't have any hope. Jesus is the only way to God. And I think, I'm so thankful that God, in his love for us, decided that he wanted to have that relationship with us and sent Jesus to pay the penalty for our sins. Aren't you? So my question for you today is simple. Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? What better day than Easter to make that decision? The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, and if we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. And and that, that means that we will be saved from an eternity separated from God in hell to a eternity with God in heaven. It means that God sends his Holy Spirit to live in us. It means that we live a life committed to him and do our dead level best day in and day out to live for him. If you've never made that decision, I want to invite you to make that decision today. Now, now, now I want you to listen to this carefully. You have to make that decision. I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a moment to help you if you don't know how to pray to do that. 
But I, I don't want you to think, I don't know where, you know, a lot of people here today, we have a lot of guests today, and, and, and I don't know what your religious or spiritual backgrounds are, but I don't want you to be confused. I'm not some priest that can pray for you and everything's okay. No, you see, when the veil was torn, when Jesus was on that cross, you now have access to God. You have a responsibility to pray and ask God to forgive you of your sins. It has to come from your heart. It has to be genuine, sincere. It's got to come from you. But if that's you today and you desire that relationship, I'm going to pray so that you can pray along with me. But it's your prayer that matters. Everybody close your eyes and and just if you have a relationship with Jesus today, you pray for the people that are making this decision right now. But if you, if you want a relationship with Jesus, just pray. Just say, Jesus, I am a sinner. And God, I don't have a relationship with you. I have not had a relationship with you. But today that changes. Because today I'm sincerely, genuinely, with everything that I have coming before you. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. To cleanse me of my unrighteousness all the things in my life that are not pleasing to you. And God, right now, I, I, I may not know exactly what my next step, step is or where to go from here, but I'm asking you, God, to save me and to help me, to help me grow closer to you day in and day out. And so in the best way that I understand, I'm committing my life to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today and you were sincere and genuine, We have the promise of God through his word that he saved you. Now, that's a big decision, and sometimes you don't know where to go from there. Well, in a moment, we're going to sing a song, and when we all stand up, here's something I would invite you to do if that was you. It would be to slide out and go to the back of the building. And we have people back there with lanyards on. They say prayer team. They have shirts on that say prayer team. And they are there. They volunteer and, and, and serve every week just to be there to pray with you, to answer your questions, to tell you what that means. Here are some resources. We want to help you in your new journey with Christ. Maybe you're here today and you are a believer. And, and you say, man, I've heard this stuff so many times. Well, I'm glad you heard it again today because there, you, you, we heard the gospel of Jesus Christ today and you can't hear the gospel too many times. We need the gospel, don't we? And we need to be reminded of just exactly what Jesus has done for us. Now, I don't know what you need to do today. You know, I really wish that, you know, you took a seminary class and they taught you, so you can see into people's minds. And all of you right now are saying, oh, no, you don't. But, but, but you, know, I, you know, I wish that I could see into your hearts. And I wish I knew so that I could talk to you and I could help you. But, but, but you know, because God's speaking to you right now, you know exactly what you need to do. So there's things that I don't know. I wish I knew it all, but I don't know it all. But there is one thing that I can tell you that I do know. And when you walk out of here today, don't you ever forget what I'm about to tell you. And it's just simply this. He is risen.